Hello and welcome to the PK Soccer Youth Coaching Podcast with me, Paul Kelshaw. During this time, I will be discussing many topics surrounding the youth game and what people like myself are doing to improve the standards of coaching, player development, spectator understanding and personal growth, especially here in the US. I'll be giving my opinion as well as talking to friends, colleagues, past and present, who have had a positive impact on my own personal coaching development but whom I also believe are having a positive impact in the game today. Today I am joined by Nicole Evans. Nicole is currently the girls 9v9 and 11v11 DOC at Almaden Soccer Club in San Jose, California. Nicole is a USSF and UEFA B licensed coach, as well as a United Soccer Coaches Premier Diploma and former 30 under 30 participant. She also gained a master's degree in advanced performance football coaching from the University of South Wales and a bachelor's degree in health and physical education from Murray State University, where she captained the races to conference championships. I first met Nicole in 2015 when we were both taking the USSFC license in Orangeburg, New York. Today we discussed Nicole's journey to becoming a coach, and how she worked her way towards the USSFA license and her remarkable academic achievements. We also talk about how she has become a leader and role model for young women on and off the field. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. First, if you could give us an introduction of how you got involved in coaching. Yeah, so um, originally um, I came out in 2006 on a scholarship and I went and played at Murray State and I just had a really positive experience to be honest with the with the team and the coach and I knew once I left I, I really wanted to stay in the game so I applied for coaching jobs um, and ended up getting um, put out here in, in San Jose, California working with um, a couple of club teams. So I got really lucky. So that's um, well. One thing I know because I met you on the on the C license and in New York. What what made you take the course so far away from the West Coast? Um, honestly, I'd applied for one in San Francisco, and then that got full up. And I really I thought it would be beneficial just to kind of um you know go out of my comfort zone a little bit and meet some new people and um yeah it took I wasn't at that point I wasn't a very confident coach at all so you know it it took it really took me out of my comfort zone to kind of fly there but once I did it and I got to meet a bunch of new people um I found it really beneficial I would say that to anybody who is looking to do a license try and go out of your area as well as much as you can just because it's um like the networking and the people you meet, you know, can end up benefiting you a lot in the long run. Yeah, that's a big thing. After the C license, I had, I had done it relatively locally to me in, well, in New York. I went to do, do the the Premier Diploma in Chicago, and that was the first time I'd really flown flown somewhere on my own, like kind of gone out of my comfort zone and, and done a course there. And the amount of people that I met on that, on that course as well I was it's funny you be you're a coach and then you're surrounded basically by midwest college coaches 
and it was uh yeah great experience got to meet meet a lot of good people so i definitely agree with that what you said and one thing uh, i actually didn't know too much about that you had had played college soccer over here but i definitely know from the sea license you you just wouldn't stop you you played in basically every scenario any game that we needed someone especially if it was some kind of midfield role that involved distributing the ball it you were you were it, it was you so i definitely know for from like the first time i met you your you know your obsession and your love of the game with the c license what did you take from the c license um a big thing i think i took i mean as well as meeting like the people we met you know there were some really really good people on that course i think for me it was kind of honestly it was a confidence builder to be able to um go in there and do it myself and you know kind of just pass the course myself you know with um with no help and no external sources you know it was all me so I think for me it was I really took out a lot of confidence from that course as well as the people you know and then understanding like obviously the U.S. methodology and the way you know they wanted us to coach and and everything so yeah I mean overall it was it was very beneficial. One thing that I, I admired as well from the course was your your organization and this might um you'll probably laugh at this even even like you just had like a a bag of tricks as far as like drinks snacks you were organized you already you somehow i think there were two other female coaches on the on the course and you'd already you'd already arranged to stay in a hotel with them you'd you were just really well organized on that front i know for myself i i was like sharing sharing the driving with someone trying to and then like running around trying to find a hotel and that was definitely a disadvantage to me I, sh I should have been a little bit more prepared just like you were did is that something that you're known for your organization yeah I think for me I'm very I'm just like that because I don't like to worry about things and because of that I didn't I can kind of put all that stuff to the side and really focus like in that scenario I can really focus on the on the content of the sea and you know, enjoying the actual course itself. And there's nothing external that's making me worry or, or nervous or having to think about, you know, because when I do things, I like to be, I'm very fully in things when I do it. So having all these additional stuff, the organization allows me to really focus on whatever it is I want to focus on, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point that you make. So now from, and this was, um, I only really found out this today, we're doing some some more research on you, that you were, a 30 under 30 participant was that what came after the c license 2016 yes uh yeah i believe that was 2000 and i want to say that might have been 2018 um i think it might have been before i took my b uh but yeah that was um that was a really good experience in itself and you know just i applied for that um just kind of on the off chance you know I didn't really look too much into it and then once once I got accepted the benefits of it were were really rewarding you know I, I got to attend the conference um I got to complete my premier diploma my NSCAA uh, premier diploma 
and yeah and again you know the networking side of things I, I met a good bunch of people and learn a lot from them so could you just explain a little bit um what was involved in that year of doing that 30 under 30 yeah so basically once you're in this program uh it's united soccer coaches now i believe but um at the time it was the nscaa and they provided you a mentor so you had a mentor for anything that you needed whether it was club questions college questions you know um licensing stuff whatever you had a mentor and then you got to attend the convention for free because obviously i mean you know the convention itself they can become pretty expensive so they kind of they supported you there and then they um you were allowed to take a course whether it was a director of coaching or a coaching course or goalkeeping course whatever you know you you got one of them um kind of free of charge as well so they're just encouraging a lot of young coaches to take their badges and and stay involved in the game so i i know just from from reading as part of the 30 under 30 there's some kind of presentation involved at the convention yes yeah that's right so you attend a meal um it's like um like a banquet and you're all sat together and then they you know they do a lot of um it's like an award ceremony for people involved in the game and then you as a as a member of the 30 under 30 get recognized as well so from you said that from from doing the sea license you did the the premier diploma with this 30 under 30 program how did you find going from a USSF C license to a United Soccer Coaches Premier Diploma? Um, honestly, I mean, it was, again, like I was, I'll keep going back to the networking and meeting new people. Like, I mean, that's a huge part of these courses for me. Um, I think the the USSF was and kind of, you know, gave you a set way of this is how it needs to be done. And the Premier Diploma was a little bit more relaxed in the fact that, you know, as long as you kind of hit these points, you can you can coach how you want and you can kind of, you know, do things the way you want to do things. So, you know, I would say that the, the NSCAA stuff was a little bit more relaxed in that respect. Yeah, well, I did the Premier Diploma after the C licence and I really felt like the the C license really helped me. In fact, I do remember, um, and again, there wasn't that many club coaches on the course. It seemed to be a lot of Midwest college coaches. And I'd done my, whether it was my practice or my my mock assessment, coach come up to me and he says, you did your C license. And I said, what do you mean? He says, I can tell by the way that you're coaching. He goes, it was, so it was, so i that made me feel like 10 times bigger, gave me a lot of confidence that, you know, a, a peer on the course had, um, you know, had, had recognized that. And it, so I definitely, from doing that C license, that premier diploma, felt a bit more at ease because I agree, I was a lot of pressure on the C license and something um, that I wasn't typically used to. But then again, like you said, you said you'd, you're, your preparation had, had helped you a lot in, you know, in getting the most out of that C license. Something that I wish I had done, I had personally have done better, but something that now I take into other coaching courses and other soccer related things that I do. One thing I also admired about your uh, 
since meeting you on the C license was that you were successful in gaining two B licenses. You were able to get the, the USSF B license and the UEFA B license. Could you talk a little bit about both those? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did the I did the USSF B in Arizona at Casa Grande. Um, I think in 2018, um, I finished that one. And then um, I did the UEFA B in January. So for me, I just wanted to kind of, I think the more governing bodies I, I, for me, I work with, you know, I can kind of pull the best bits that I learn from each and, you know, take them kind of into my, my co- coaching toolkit, if you will. So, um, yeah, I think the USSF, again was quite similar to our um c license but the methodology changed a little bit since we did ours um it was very very much focused on everything was the game everything had pressure and um it was really focused on bringing out your topic by managing the opposition whereas i felt the uefa b was very much focused on your coaching ability in regards to how you coach making sure you uh, you hit the coaching process fully to ensure that um, everybody's learning, um, you know, visual learners, kinesthetic learners, uh, audio, auditory learners, whatever, like everybody's learning. And then also the content was you had to make sure you hit your content. So you were, you know, really studying your your points and you really had to understand the game um, that little bit more. Um, but yeah, but for me, I mean, I think both of them were beneficial in many ways. Um, and then I, I've just actually currently, I just finished my second week of my a USSFA as well. So I'm, you know, I'm, which is my A youth license actually. So I'm kind of pulling bits from everywhere and just, yeah. you know, kind of stocking up on all this information and trying to pull out the best things from it. How was the application process for both the B licenses? Um, well, I, I was quite lucky, actually, because my UEFA B was actually at the university where I'm a tutor. So I got accepted onto that pretty pretty easily. But the, um, the USSF B, you know, there was a, there was a lot involved. Honestly, I, uh, it was a lot of um, chasing out paperwork and a lot of, you know, kind of proving what you've done in the past and, and writing a little bit about yourself as to why you should get on the course. Um, and the same with the with the A license application. Um, it's been, it was quite, you know, in depth. You had to really discuss what you'd done from your USB um, until applying for the A. So you had to show that you were constantly, you know, educating yourself as a coach um, in order to be able to even get on and get accepted onto the course. So that that leads me to my to my next question. You briefly touched on it. I was um, well, was amazed to see that you know from following you on social media that you were working towards or you gained a master's degree from back home. Could you explain to me how how you were able to juggle coaching in the states and then gaining a master's degree back home? Yeah, honestly, um, it was it was a lot of that organizational stuff, a lot of a lot of time management. So I would make sure, you know, um, because a lot of the stuff for the masters was online. I had I had to go back to the 
UK three, four times altogether, and one of which was a graduation ceremony. So um, luckily, my club was very supportive of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a lot of time management and a lot of online stuff. And, you know, luckily, we have a lot of um, we had a lot of support from the lecturers over at the university as well, because a lot of people were in the same boat. It was very much like the idea is you're you're learning this, but you're supposed to be applying it within your current you know environment as well. So, yeah, it was it was I'm not going to lie. It was quite challenging, um, especially since I was a tutor at the time as well. I currently still am. So it was a lot going on. But again, I mean, I think with organization skills and, and time management and a bit of extra support from my club, um, yeah, I managed to make it work. That's excellent. So what was your master's degree in? What were you studying? So it was it was a master's in advanced performance football coaching. Um, and modules that I completed included things like uh, pedagogy, performance analysis, um, effective coaching, player development. And then um, we do like a final project as well. So for my final dissertation, if you will, it was a, it was a work-based project. Um, I actually designed a parent education tool to implement into the club to help parents understand like both the positive and negative impacts they can have on their players. So luckily, again, the club supported me in that, in that regard because they – they actually sent it out for me and that's something that we're actually going to um, implement within our um, pre-season parent meetings as well. So, yeah, look, again, like I think um, that was a very challenging master's degree. But um, and I wouldn't I'm not going to say that every single part of it was completely relevant to me, but uh, the amount I took out of it was was great. Well, that well, that is excellent. And that's um you know, a big thing that I've touched on with all the coaches that I've had the privilege to interview was they've all had that desire to continue their education, uh, attention to detail. I really like as well, you mentioned about your time management and organization, because I know with, um, you know, we spent a couple of weeks for me trying to get hold of you. And again, you're still so busy, you know, with like with your tutoring with your training and it can all comes down to, to time management. So one thing that I also um, have been in, impressed with as well is your, your dedication to, to fitness. I know I joked about it at the start about how you were really like the energizer bunny on the field, just nonstop. I, I couldn't believe that how anyone could play for so long in, in the heat. Um, but you talk about um, you talk a little bit how you got involved into cross training or CrossFit. Yeah, um, honestly, like I would I would do a lot of running, and um, and then I would still play, you know, indoor and outdoor and stuff. And I just I just my game I just wanted to get stronger. I would play against a lot of men, and I just wanted to get stronger. And I kind of researched some stuff, and a few of my friends did CrossFit. And so I went ahead and, and signed up and um, I actually paid for a Groupon and just was figuring, OK, I'll do a month and then I will uh, learn everything and then I'll go off and and I won't sign up for the class. I'll just go ahead and do it all on my own. And that was uh, four years ago. So I'm still uh, I'm still there. They got me hooked on it. 
And do your players, do your team, do your coach, they know that you do this? Yeah. So uh, um, my Instagram, um, a lot of my a lot of my players and the parents and stuff follow me. So the videos I post, you know, um, of me working out and getting fit. And, you know, I just think for me, it's just to if I can get, you know, one or two people up off the sofa to just go and work out or just feel slightly motivated, you know. I was actually um, previously on, when I was previously on my A license recently, one of the girls actually said to me, she's like, you, you motivate me so much. Like, you make me get up and go to the gym. And that in itself was so rewarding. I was like, I hope so. I hope even if I can just, you know, show my players that, hey, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter, you know, where you are, or what you're doing, you know, you can still make time to, to stay healthy. Well, that's one of the one of the big reasons that I wanted to take that time to talk to you today was about being that that strong female role model for these players, a strong, powerful woman that's, you know, invested in education, invested in it, wanting to improve yourself and and the fitness side of things. I have been a big thing. I've seen the things that you posted as well, like on doing like the beach workouts and the beach soccer. It must be definitely um like you said a big confidence builder um and something that can inspire the kids that you can work with obviously on a, on a lesser level with with the current situation we're in i've been doing a lot more jogging in the neighborhood and i've bumped into kids that i know from from one of the schools that i work at and it's um you know it or even some of the parents see you and it does it does hit home for them. It is good to know that, okay, I might not be in the best physical shape, but at least they can see, well, the coach is, you know, got a, a vivid interest in trying to, you know, improve himself and stay active. If he's telling the kids to do it, then, you know, it, it's good that he's, you know, practicing what he preaches. One thing as well, if you could talk a little bit then about um, your A license. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's the a it's a USSF A youth license, um, and it's over in uh, Casa Grande in Arizona where I did my uh, USB, and yeah, it's it's been I'd say this is the most um, I would be honest and say I think I'm pulling more from this course than I have from others just because a lot of it, um, well, all of it really is based on your own environment, so. For my final assessment, they actually come to me and see me in my final in, in my own environment. So I believe we run a training session and we have a game and they watch that and they see us coaching within that. And that's our final assessment. So it's more uh, relative to to me and my current situation uh, within my club. So from within the space of five years from doing the C license 2015 to now, it's a relatively short period of time. So you must really have really good teams. You must be working in a really good club to have access to these players. How supportive of the club being in in this current situation? Um, very. To be honest, I think, um, yeah, extremely supportive, especially with my master's, because, I mean, I had to go to the UK, you know, like three times uh, within a year and a half, and one of uh, two of the weeks were like mid-season. So the the club was very supportive, and they they got cover for me. And um, and then this A license, the club actually paid in full 
straight up. So, which you know they've never done. So I like for me they've they've been really really supportive, and I've got people who are around me who are actually helping me with certain questions I have, and you know any of the content that I need help with, and I'm just kind of pulling ideas from from other people as well. So I would say 100 percent. That is good then that you got that support group around you and and like you said that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask that you've so really you've you put yourself through a C license and two B licenses and the amount of travel that is involved in that so for your club to then really repay you in a way of of being able to support you through the A license is that's excellent. That must be um, that's a big thing for um, for a lot of coaches. Is obviously the finances of courses and just the the logistics of managing getting from getting to the remote locations. So um, it is always good to have a club then that that is willing to support you. With um. You mentioned that you had gone to, you had done the B and the A in Arizona. Was there, was there any specific reason why you wanted to go back to the same location? Um, honestly, with the, with the A license, um, a few people at local clubs were applying, and um, they they pushed me to to get on it. They just you know encouraged me, and I was at a point where I just uh, graduated from my master's. You know, my UEFA B was done and I, I just was like, no, I think I might take a break. And then they kind of was like, well, we're going to be there, you know. So, you know, and they they motivated me to do it. Actually, other coaches within clubs around the area. So I did. I applied and then got on. And yeah, so here I am. But obviously with everything and the current scenario that's going on, um, I don't know when I'll, we're supposed to have a third meeting in May. But I'm unsure if that's if that's going to happen or get pushed back or. Yeah, so we're kind of up in the air at the minute. Yeah, well, that's um, obviously we're all in that that situation at that moment, that uncertainty. Um, but I know that you you had talked about because about the great stuff you've been doing with your club and the tutoring. Could you tell me about some of the the distant learning you've been doing with your with your players and students? Yeah, so um, well, I'm I'm currently I'm a stu- I'm a tutor. At the University of South Wales so I actually um, tutor students that are currently out here coaching on a bachelor's degree so similar to my master's they're doing um, an online bachelor's and so I make calls with them and I grade papers and I provide them all sorts of support um, and then I also we've been doing with the club I'm at with Almaden we've been doing a lot of um, zoom calls a lot of coaches meetings via zoom and designing presentations and designing uh, projects for the players and then sending out weekly um, activities and and skills and drills and physical stuff that the players can do. So, um, yeah, we're providing a lot of... I'm I'm very busy and and we're providing a lot of support for these these players. Hopefully um, it's going to benefit them, you know? Yeah, that's... um... You know anything that we can do to yeah keep the players engaged in 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 these times is definitely a positive thing. Nicole, I really thank you for taking the time today to speak to me. I've really enjoyed it. I've been really impressed with your with your with your journey, and I 
wish you all the best. Thanks so much, Paul. I appreciate it. It was a real privilege to talk to Nicole today. I find her achievements on and off the field quite remarkable. It was evident when we first met on the sea license that she was destined for better things. I admired her organisation, work ethic and charisma. It was also rewarding to get the chance to talk with such a strong, confident woman who is a true role model for the young women she comes in contact with on the soccer field. I strongly encourage all coaches to follow her Instagram profile for motivation and inspiration. It's evident that the girls' programme at Almaden is in good hands. Thank you for listening to the PK Soccer Podcast. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Paul Kelshaw, Instagram at Paul Kelshaw, like my Facebook page at PK Soccer Inc. or send an email paulkelshaw at pksoccer.org. I would also be grateful if you could give the podcast a review and a rating and share with your fellow coaches and friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.